What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, welcome in to another episode of What's the Spread? We are getting this thing in under the wire, but I uh, had to talk about another great slate of Saturday college football action. Mr. Brad Thomas, Miles on Sports here to break down the weekend's best games. And let me just start off the show, Brad. Yeah. And you didn't know that I was going to do this, but I, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Because okay. all of the talk, I feel like a lot of the talk this week around the podcast, Twitter, sphere, what have you, is Texas A&M. And what is going on <laughs> at Texas A&M? Were we the only ones who just who just knew to to stop talking about Texas A and M as Miles. a football program? Bro, it's literally like me and you are telling people for the entire off season, probably even longer, to like guys relax. Texas A and M's overrated, not a good program. Jimbo Fisher is not a good leader, and now they're like, oh, Jimbo lost his locker room. Oh, Jimbo's burning another program down. Like, where have they been this whole time that we were talking about it? And, and the thing is, too, it's so funny is I don't mind hearing about it because, you know, for me, it's like watching a car wreck. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't look away. Yeah, I mean, exactly. What's, what's happening there and the buyout situation that there's nothing that A&M can do. Jimbo, Jimbo has to change his all. I mean, this is what we were saying in the offseason, though, is that he – He's stuck in 2012. Yeah, he is. I mean, literally right now, if he doesn't bring somebody in to fix his offense, that program is going absolutely nowhere. You know, it's funny because, you know, great coaches know how to adapt. Good coaches, and and this is not me saying he's not a good coach because I think he's a good coach maybe back in 2020, I mean 2012. Good coaches find something that they're good at, you know, like Jimbo did, and he excelled at it. Great coaches when they that thing runs out or it's no longer uh, the beat, the do-all, end-all, they adapt. I, like, look at Nick Saban. Like, he had to adapt. I mean, even look at, heck, look at Chip Kelly um, at UCLA. He had to adapt. Great coaches, coaches who want to have serious longevity at a program, adapt with the times. Like, all of the premier programs um, in college football right now who have long-tenured coaches had to adapt at some point. But it's going to be Jimbo stuck in this measly contract and his ego getting in the way. Yeah, doesn't matter if you get the recruits if you don't know what to do with them. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some actually good football teams uh, that are that are competing for uh, you know everything on the line this year. And yes. this is a big weekend in college football because uh, next Tuesday we have our first college football playoff rankings. Um, looking forward to doing a top 10 with you weekly as well as is tradition. Uh, but I'm very excited today because for the first time since Labor Day weekend, we are going to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are your number two team in the country. They are 15 and a half point favorites on the road against number 13 Penn State. I'm going to go ahead and start with this one. As I said, very excited to talk about this team. There's been a lot of scrutiny this year about the schedule that Ohio State has played. Listen. I just let all of the talk wash over my back. You know why, Brad? Because why? every college football Saturday, I am running to the bank with all of the money that Ohio State has been making me. 
so it, it's very well known that every, every single week for about the last, I don't know, five or six years, I'm betting on Ohio State because it's fun. I enjoy yes. doing it. And most seasons, statistically, I'm coming out on top because most of the time Ohio State is is, is going to be very good against the spread or they'll be about 500. I know I'm going to at least make my money back at the end of the season. But this season, they are tearing down spreads, and they are absolutely on fire. 4-0-1 and gets a spread in their last five games. And what they're doing against conference opponents cannot be overstated. I, I don't care how weak the Big Ten is this year. I yeah. get it. Like, like I, I'm just so tired of hearing about it. Like, I get it. All right? We've got Ohio State and Michigan. Everybody knew that going in that those were the two teams to beat. But in four Big Ten games so far, and that includes Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Iowa, who historically have been tough matchups for Ohio State. But it's been the complete opposite this year. They are outscoring those opponents 51-15. to And the starting defense has only given up four touchdowns in those four games alone. Again, I understand that those teams are not having good seasons. I get it. But... Ohio State is absolutely obliterating opponents right now. This is by far their toughest matchup since week one against Notre Dame. However, I think that what we saw against or with Penn State against Michigan is when, when they lost 41 to 17 and gave yeah. up almost 450 rushing yards on the ground, just uh, completely dominated. It was on the road. I think that is the Penn State team that is true to who they are this year. I think that they, that they can win a lot of games this year. I think that they can have a good season. But I think Ohio State and Michigan are so far ahead of, are, are so far ahead of the rest of the Big Ten right now that there's just a huge gap. And I think Ohio State is really going to show that tomorrow. I am all over Ohio State minus 15 and a half in this football game. Now, they're, they're either going to completely blow this game out or they're going to struggle and they're going to show some vulnerabilities. But I don't think that Sean Clifford – has enough 0-3 in his career against Ohio State. Hasn't figured them out. This is probably the best defense that he's faced, definitely since 2019. Yeah. Ohio State's going to score a lot of points. I, uh, you know, I talked about this um, for uh, the NBC short here, this game. And it was the, one of the games that I picked because I think that we are getting a playable Ohio State line. And a lot of that has to do with, I think Penn State has covered in, what, four of the last five games against Ohio State. And a lot of people remember what two of those uh, two of those games were whiteouts. Um, it, it's a big deal. I can't overstate this. Like you know, people talk about home field advantage now in college football being somewhere like one and a half points. I think the game being a whiteout is worth another one and a half points. So now you're giving me an extra two points of value when I already think the line is too low. You said pretty much every stat I want to say, like the being three. 3-0-1 oh, against the spread in the last four conference games are the Buckeyes. Penn State got absolutely railroaded, train wrecked by the Michigan running attack. If Ohio State, and this is what Ohio State has done well, if they do this, they know their identity of being a tough physical team in the trenches, something that we didn't say last year. If they do that and they get forward push, great forward push, and dedicate time to these two running backs that you guys have, I think it's a long day for Penn State. The question is not, will Ohio State score enough points? And it's just a totally different situation than playing Michigan. I mean, excuse me, than playing Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. First game of the season, 
top five ranked matchup, nerves swirling through the building, not knowing your true identity on defense or offense. You guys know who you are. You guys know what you want to do. Do I trust this Penn State team to score enough points to stay within 16 points? I do not. I'm on the Buckeyes minus 15 and a half. I'm on Mbuka plus 100 plus yards. I think he has a field day. And I know why I say that is because Clifford's, excuse me. um, Yeah, Clifford's going to spend a lot of time trying to make sure Marvin Harrison is not eating them alive. It's, he's a game planner. He's he's really good at game planning. That just leaves the other head of the monster. And we don't even call it a three-headed monster because you guys have like five heads to the monster. It's going to be a long night for Penn State unless they get in a positive game script early. And what we've seen from Ohio State in the last few games, they got in the positive game script early. Yeah, it's at Penn State, but I don't think this is the Penn State team of old. Um, still some work in progress for uh, for Clifford's men. So give me the Buckeyes minus 15 and a half. And in Buka and Harrison, uh, believe it or not, it, because I find it hard to believe that that they are having a better season than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave last yes. year up to this point. Crazy. They have been uh, completely dominant in this offense, especially with Smith and Jigba really just not a part of the game plan. And I don't think he will be again Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so – uh, happy we're on the same side here. I mean, you know, a, a lot of this for me, too, is, is riding the hot hand. Ohio State is covering spreads. I think Vegas is still trying to find a spread that Ohio State can't beat, and I think they, they that they think that they have it here. But what I saw, if, if Penn State plays like they did against Minnesota last week, I'm not yeah. worried at all. And, and, yeah, that was a blowout. That Minnesota team is not good. I, I And they I, didn't have their, their starting quarterback either. Yeah, and, and there was no Tanner Morgan. And Penn State had a slow start. If Penn State is slow out of the gate on Saturday, it's going to be 24 nothing before you can even look up. Should have happened to Iowa, but Iowa's yeah. defense, you know, held them, uh, held them the field goals in the first quarter. Should have been 28 nothing. I think that we absolutely could see that tomorrow. I think the best thing that happened to Ohio State was playing – Iowa's defense. This is probably the best Iowa defense that we've seen in a very long time. Um, they are sixth. They're sixth in uh, defensive scoring, and that's having to play against Michigan and Ohio State. So let's let's eliminate defensive scoring. I don't like that. Let's talk about overall defensive FEI. They are ranked second. Yeah, Penn State's ranked eighth. But when you play a team who is arguably one of the best defensive teams uh, that Iowa could possibly put together, and you score on them. You score on them often. I think Penn State's in for a long night. All right, what's next? Up next, we have Kentucky at Tennessee. The Volunteers are a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Kentucky coming off some massive games in Tennessee. Eagerly awaits that Tuesday ranking. We'll, this will be the first time that Tennessee, if they're ranked in the top four, will be ranked in the top four for the college football playoffs. Yep. I am going to... Man, this stinks. I'm going to back Kentucky. Hear me out. I know Tennessee has only not covered in one game. This is one of the largest spreads outside of UT Martin that Tennessee is favored by. They're going to be in the black uniforms. Yes, all of it, the beautiful black uniforms. They have Hendon Hooker, who, crazy stat. I'm going to say the stat first. Hendon Hooker, the first quarterback ever through seven games to throw for over 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, and a completion percentage of 70% or more. Yeah, they have all this, but their run defense is – okay, 
it's terrible is not a good way to say it because they do well to stop the run, but they're so weak in other areas of their pass game that they leave themselves vulnerable for the run because they have to mask how bad they are in pass defense. So teams are able to run on them. I think C-Rod's going to have a big day. Will Levis has quietly been playing very good football. Tennessee is one of the teams that they're the anomaly of college football. You know, that LSU team that was so complete, you know, they were amazing on offense, but they still played defense that was good enough. Defense defense wins championships. Offense wins you a ton of games. And I don't think Tennessee's going to play enough defense to cover this spread. Also, more importantly, man, that look-ahead game. I think this is more of a look-ahead game for Tennessee than uh, Florida-Georgia is for Georgia because this is the first year in a long time where Tennessee really, really think they can beat Georgia. And I just think that we're just getting too many points for Kentucky here. Uh, Which way do you see this going? Yeah, uh, so Tennessee is my number one team in the country right now. Let me preface this by saying that. But, Brad, I am with you. And honestly, man, okay, okay. I, I, I never had a doubt. I, I did not go back and forth in this game. When I saw the 12 and a half, I, I immediately am jumping on Kentucky plus 12 and a half for a couple of reasons here. As you said, I, Will Levis is a top 10 NFL prospect, okay? Yep. Tennessee's pass defense is one of the worst in the entire country. 129 yeah. out of 130 teams. Terrible. Because uh, I'm, I'm not even counting Tennessee Martin. It's it's an FCS team. I'm throwing those out the window. They they are not a good pass. I think that there's plenty here for Kentucky to make this a football game. And, you know, we so, so we actually haven't seen Tennessee since Alabama. Because yes. what are we going to get from last week? They're, they were just trying to stay healthy. Hooker was out by the beginning of the second quarter. There's there's not much you can go off. I think that they're still uh, – we're still trying to figure out can they handle the emotions of beating Alabama and continuing on. I think they can. Uh, like I said, I think Tennessee's the best team in the country right now. They've got the best win, and I think they're having the best season. I can't deny that. But Kentucky's got the firepower to keep up, and yes. – they have a top 10 scoring defense on the other side. So Oof. can you shut down this Tennessee offense? No. This this hypo Tennessee offense is is the is well, I'll say one of the it's, best in the country. They're the playing like the best it's, offense in the country it's right now. It's the real now, deal. It is. It's the real deal. It is absolutely you, the real deal. I'm glad you touched on uh Kentucky's defense because I think that Kentucky's defense can provide a little adversity. And being the underdog in the game like this against a team who's coming in hot is actually a better situation um, than like if Tennessee were to play like Georgia, Alabama. I think they give those teams a little bit more of a trouble in terms of covering because it's you always want to knock off the big dogs. Now it's Kentucky who wants to knock off the big dogs. Tennessee, life is always easy when you're aiming at other people. So let's see how it is when others are aiming at you. Yeah, in Neyland Stadium, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be great. Saturday night, yeah. they're they're wearing the black unis, but it will but it will not be what it was against Alabama. So they're going to have to work with that. And Kentucky is going to offer an entirely different set of challenges than Alabama did. Mark yes. Stoops, as we've said on this podcast, one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Uh, at Kentucky, last fifteen games as an underdog, Kentucky is eleven four and one against the spread with Mark Stoops as head coach. He will have them ready to play, and I'm glad that we're on the same side. I am very glad. 
Let's go ahead and go into the Big 12. The Big 12 has been giving us some of the best college football in the season My God. this year. We've been covering a lot of Big 12 games, uh, including this one. We got number nine, Oklahoma State, going on the road to Manhattan, Kansas. Number 22, Kansas State. Kansas State, one and a half point favorites in this one. This is another one that I didn't have to go back and forth on. I knew exactly who I wanted to pick. Didn't I didn't even need to see the spread. I'm going with Oklahoma State. I went with them last week, plus six against Texas. Wasn't looking good early. You did. But Spencer Sanders got the job done. Not only covered the spread, but they won the football game. Spencer Sanders has won 18 of his last 21 games overall as a starting quarterback at Oklahoma State. My man is getting it done. You can say that he's hurt, but he didn't look it last week. Uh, he didn't look it last win. week. <laughs> he, so I know he's going to be ready. Oklahoma State have also covered 14 of their last 18 games overall, dating back to last year. And they are 8-0 against the spread in their last eight road games. This team is yes. absolutely on fire in the Big 12. They are on fire on the road. And Kansas State won't have Adrian Martinez. Or, and, and, and even if they do, it's a mess at quarterback right now. Quarterback Very big. is the most Very important big position on the football field. And Kansas State possibly might be down to their third string. I don't yes. care who plays. If it's not a fully healthy Adrian Martinez, then I'm going to take Oklahoma State and take the free money. They're the better team here. So I'm taking the, Miles, or the uh, Cowboys. Miles, we're in agreement here. I'm on the Cowboys as well. Listen, like you said, if Martinez is not 100%, they're a 75% Martinez, especially dealing with lower body, lower body injury, is not good because he's most effective with his lower body. If Will Howard is out, if Will Howard's a starter, I think it's an auto smash at Oklahoma State. If Will Howard's out, then I feel like you might as well back up the Brinks truck. Do you guys remember when uh, Kansas State played against TCU? I was talking about TCU for not, like, sticking to the run. You know, when they faced a little adversity, TCU kind of gave up the run. Kendra Miller of TCU ate them alive. Dominic Richardson is a, in no offense to Kendra Miller, Dominic Richardson is a better running back than Kendra Miller. If Miller can run for over 150 yards, imagine what Dominic Richardson can do. And I'll make another point on this game why I really like Oklahoma State. Last week, when we talked about Oklahoma State and Texas, I was on Texas, yes, I was on the wrong side. But what I said about that game was, I think that defensively, the matchup for Oklahoma State was not as good against Texas in terms of a defensive defensive line versus offensive line standpoint. This week, they have a better matchup against Kansas State. Oklahoma State, when they struggle defensively, they fail to get pressure on the quarterback. Their secondary gets abused. This week, they go against a Kansas State team who has a hobbled quarterback or a backup quarterback or a third-string quarterback with an offensive line who struggles at times. Give me the Cowboys plus one and a half. Love it. Oklahoma State is one of those teams that, you know, no one talks about them in the preseason. No one yeah. talks about them as contenders going Ever. into the season, but they are there every single year winning football games. And here they are in a position again to win the Big 12. All right, let's go ahead and end it with the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville, Florida. I am hearing that they may finally move this game to campuses, which I am all about. <laughs> I think we need some Florida at Georgia. I think we need some Georgia at Florida. But it is neutral site again. Georgia is favored by 23 and a half points here. I am very yeah. curious to see which side you're on. So go ahead and lay it on me. 
I am on the Florida Gators plus 23 and a half. Hear me out, Miles. This is the largest spread in rivalry history. The Gators, most importantly, have the number one rushing attack in the SEC, averaging 6.1 rush yards per attempt. I say attempt instead of per carry because, most importantly, Anthony Richardson is dynamite with his legs. Which Anthony Richardson shows up is the question. I think it's big game Richardson. Richardson, who was named after a gun and not changing his proper to his legal name. How you attack Georgia, this Georgia team, is in the mid and intermediate level. You saw what Kent State did. Kent State didn't try to attack them down the field too often. Teams who got in trouble against Georgia trying to attack them down the field. Uh, Vanderbilt. Oregon, remember all those picks of Boney Nicks pushing the ball down the field. Anthony Richardson is not that kind of quarterback. He takes what he can get. That's how you attack Georgia. Teams who have had success attack the intermediate to, 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 to short, short range passes. Additionally, Carter is out for the Bulldogs. This is a Bulldogs team who, what happened a year ago, where we're leading the nation in sacks, now feel like they never sacked the quarterback. A lot of that's talent that has changed. Now they're going against a Florida Gators team who very rarely allows Richardson to get sacked. I think the Gators hang in this game. I think if you want to be crazy and you want to, I think the Gators are a live underdog. I just think that even though it's wow. a rivalry, Georgia, I think Georgia has an opportunity to be so focused on playing against Tennessee next week. They underestimate this bad Gators team. Napier already has one signature win under his belt as a new head coach in Utah. Now can you do it against another team who is going to underestimate you? I think they're a live underdog. I think I think I would set this as a fair line as 14 for Georgia. 23 is just too big. So, yeah, I said what I said. It's live on the pod. Brad, let's make it four for four, baby. I let's am go. also – on the Florida Gators, plus 23 and a half. You're going to give me nearly 24 points in a heated rivalry game in a situation yeah. where I still don't know what I have in Georgia. And, no. you know, I won't know what, what we have in Georgia probably until tomorrow when they play this game. Um, and then, you know, the following week playing Tennessee, another big look-ahead spot. Uh, one for Georgia, one for Tennessee, because they're setting up for that epic matchup next week. But you got to get through your schedule this week first. Yes, now, exactly. Play the games that are on your schedule in front of you, and I don't think they're going to do that. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry for that. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, that's that's what we're that's what we're looking at here. I think it's too many points for a rivalry game. Uh, you know, I think that this spread should be a little bit more around seventeen or eighteen. I think twenty three yeah. and a half is a little bit of, uh, excessive, given how much better Anthony Richardson looked against LSU. Yes, it was a 45-35 defeat, uh, and LSU pretty much steamrolled the Florida defense. But here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to do Lay it again, Brad. I'm going to do it again. Because I was I was just about to say, LSU, Jaden Daniels, you could argue that Jaden Daniels is playing at a higher level right now than Stetson Bennett. You could make yes. that argument. I, you I, can, I, mean, I think it's a valid argument. Yeah. Georgia played Vanderbilt last week. So we don't know how well Stetson Bennett is playing right now. Yes, he is yep. a national championship quarterback. I get it. But I'm going to keep dogging Stetson Bennett because 
I still think he just is what he is. And yes. Right now, Richardson's actually playing at a very high level. I, I, he really impressed me because I thought that he was his his development became stagnant to me. Uh, yeah. He he had a great win against Utah, and then their season kind of went off the rails a little bit. But then he looked really good in that LSU game. I think that what's funny about Stetson Bennett is at the beginning of the season, we were all like, and I don't want to say we all, but I'm saying like the media was like, is Stetson Bennett a viable Heisman candidate? And then all the number crunchers came out, the guys who live in spreadsheets, and they proved that he is not all that in a bag of potato chips like people want to think. But what makes us even funnier is the game after all of the media finally gets all this data on him from this season, he goes and plays terrible football. And so then he went back to being the game manager that he is. Yep. If he didn't have Brock Bowers, I don't think this man would ever complete a pass than more than five yards. Think about His that for a is so small. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Bowers is his weapon. I mean, that that's what keeps this Georgia offense moving. Now, granted, the Florida defense hasn't looked that good. But, yeah. you know, they're going to do enough to cover 23 and a half points. So yes. I'm going to be on the Gators here. And I feel like every time I bet on Florida, I lose. My uh, <laughs> my uh, buddy is is a diehard Gators fan, and he always makes fun of me when I want to bet on Florida. I do it for him yeah, um, <laughs> to, to support him, but he just keeps saying, stop spending your money on the Gators. Well, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Florida, keep in mind, they have failed to cover a spread in 11 of their last 14 games dating back to last year. They have been having a lot of trouble covering spreads, but I think this is very doable. I do too, man. I'm excited that four for four, you know, I think you got the better of me last week. So when we're on the same side, you know, magic generally happens. Yeah. First time all year that uh, we agree on all four games. So uh, I'm excited to bet with you tomorrow. Absolutely, man. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to what's the spread podcast. Be sure to download the podcast rate and subscribe. Best of luck this weekend. Take care.